daily Los Angeles Angels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked in with your host, Brent McGuire. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. In today's episode, we're going to answer all of your questions about the Angels heading into the trade deadline, which is a mere few hours from when you are hearing this episode. But before we get into the episode, as usual, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at bmags94. You can find the podcast at Locked on Angels. You can find my written work at Crashing the Pearly Gates. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to download, subscribe, rate, and review the Locked on Angels podcast wherever you get your podcast from. So happy Friday. Hope you are doing well. Unfortunately, I don't have much to say about the Angels 4-0 loss on Thursday night against the Oakland A's. This was a boring game. The Angels didn't play well. They were shut out by the division rival Oakland A's, who are ahead of them in the standings for that second wildcard spot. So I don't think I have much else to say uh, from that front. And I've got to say, with all of the other flurry of moves going on yesterday, lots of talented players moving around, teams making moves one way or the other, it was weird to just see the Angels not really do anything. Obviously, the deadline is not over yet. It's going to be at 1 p.m. or it's going to be the afternoon today, but nothing's happened as of yet, and I'm sure fans want to see something in one direction or the other. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen, and I'm sure a lot of what we talk about this morning or for this episode is going to be a little bit outdated by the time the afternoon rolls around on Friday. But yeah, I don't really have much to say about the Angels game. They lost four to nothing. Dylan Bundy allowed three runs in the first inning, and that was kind of it. There really wasn't much else happening. There was a cool moment later on in the game. Austin Warren made his MLB debut, uh, retired all four batters he saw, came in with the bases loaded and two outs in the seventh inning, and got one out to get out of the inning. The following inning, got two outs and then got his first strikeout to end the inning. Really cool stuff. But what made it cooler was the fact that his entire family and friends were in the stands. Jose Moda was interviewing his mom during the process. It was just really cool to see. So if you haven't seen that already, make sure to go check that out if you can. But I think that's really all I've got for Angel's discussion. I could spend the whole episode talking about Max Scherzer and Trey Turner becoming members of the Dodgers, but this is an Angels podcast, so we are going to focus on what the Angels, uh, where they're at right now. So, first question is from Kendall, asking, it's the first inning and Dylan Bunny has given up three runs. How has it gone this bad for him this quickly? I was ready to back up the Brinks truck during the offseason for him. Glad they didn't. Well, Kendall... If it makes you feel any better, I was in the same boat. I mean, I harped on the fact, even early on this season, that the more more and more the Angels waited to sign Dylan Bundy to an extension, the more expensive he was going to get. Well, if you've ever seen the freezing cold takes Twitter accounts, you could probably find my tweet on there saying 
these exact words and all of my uh, very public ways of talking about the Angels extending Dylan Bundy. You know, I think the obvious thing is last year was a fluke. And to be honest with you, as it was happening, even after the season, I thought Bundy was making real legitimate changes. We saw him change up his his pitch mix. We saw him utilizing his better pitches more. The command was there. The home run issues went away. It feel it felt like something that was going to be semi-sustainable going into this year. I don't think I ever thought he was going to be a true talent 3.29 ERA guy over 200 innings or anything like that. But I also thought he was going to be better than his career norms, which was something like an ERA in the mid fours. But we have seen such far negative regression in the opposite direction. It's really just, it's very difficult to evaluate the entirety of Dylan Bundy's uh, tenure with the Angels. And as far as what's gone wrong, a lot of people have speculated that the sticky stuff has affected him more than other pitchers. I think part of that is definitely true just because Bundy's a guy that's kind of living on the edge uh, with a low 90s fastball and losing any amount of spin was probably going to impact him in some sort of way. But I do think there's something else going on with Bundy, some underlying stuff, because even if he was going to regress back to his career norms, you still would have gotten a pretty high quality pitcher. Maybe it was more of a number four number five starter, but the guy that the Angels have this year is a borderline unpitchable guy who might have been DFA'd if he had not been so good last year for the Angels. So as far as what's going on with him, I think the biggest issue is his fastball velocity has dropped down. His command has not been there. If you go look at his zone charts, a lot of those breaking balls are ending up in the middle of the plate rather than on the corners like they did last year. And There's probably an injury going on in here that we maybe don't know too much about. He did have a foot injury uh, early on in the season, or at least the foot was bothering him. I don't know. It's really weird. And like Kendall said, I mean, he said he's glad they didn't extend him. I certainly am as well. But it is unfortunate because it did feel like this was going to be a guy they could potentially build around in the rotation. Next question is from Andrew. Just point blank with this. Does Perry even care? Why does he prefer eating McDonald's to making deals for relievers? So there has been a lot of discussion from Angels fans about the lack of activity from the Angels front office. And again, as I'm recording this, it's 10 o'clock on Thursday night. The deadline is a little more than 12 hours away from when I'm recording this episode. And they have not done anything. There have been no moves whatsoever. And I'm curious to see what happens because I do feel like not making a move in one way or the other is just a, it's a weird position to take because it makes it feel like the angels are content with what they have. And in my opinion, that's the absolute wrong way to go about this. And again, this could change. I don't know if the angels are going to end up making some moves, but the idea of standing pat and not trying to pick at least one direction. Whether you're buying, selling, or even doing like a little bit of mixing and matching like we talked about a couple days ago, there's got to be a direction because otherwise it just makes it feel like they're 
content with what's going on with the Angels right now. And I think as we've very clearly seen, this is a this is a team that has many holes on it. And you've got to pick one direction or the other. You've got to decide that we're going to try to beef up this roster a little bit. Or we're going to sell some of the pieces off and at least try to make some proactive moves to try to improve. So we'll see what happens in the next half day or so. But yeah, I mean, I understand the frustration around this. Next question is from Ryan asking, if the Angels swung that deal for Scherzer and Trey Turner, what prospects would we have had to say farewell to that would have matched what the Dodgers gave up and would you do that deal? Very, very good question. I am not surprised that a Max Scherzer question was brought up on this episode, given the fact that he has reportedly been traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers along with Trey Turner. This, if I'm looking at the trade package that the Dodgers are reportedly sending over, it sounds like it's going to be Kybert Ruiz, who is a consensus top 50 type of prospect in baseball. Josiah Gray, another guy, top 50 on some lists. I believe he's top 75, maybe on some other ones. Both guys are near the major leagues, if not already in the major leagues. And then two other prospects, kind of mid to high level prospects in the Dodger system. So if we're trying to compare that to the Angels and what they have, I think the first obvious guy that you're going to think of is probably Joe Adele. And maybe Adele by himself is a better prospect than Ruiz and Josiah Gray. But I think overall, the four-piece, the four-player deal means that it's going to be Adele and probably maybe it's someone like Chris Rodriguez and then another piece. I mean, that was a pretty hefty price that the Dodgers had to pay. And to be perfectly clear, it's the right move for them to be making. But if we're talking about the Angels trying to make this move, I mean, it was going to cost a lot. I think you're looking at something around Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh and then one of the pitchers in the system. I'm probably thinking it's going to be Chris Rodriguez. I At this point, I think Reed Detmers is off limits for the Angels unless it was a crazy trade proposal that came around. So, yeah, I mean, this was going to be a, a hefty price that the Angels would have had to pay. And to be totally honest with you, when there was the rumor that came out on Thursday from John Heyman saying the Angels were one of the mystery teams for Max Scherzer, you know, it didn't mean all that much because you look at the Angels situation and compare it to the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres, all three teams who were reportedly interested in acquiring him. The Angels just can't match up. And with Scherzer's veto rights as a 10-5 and player, it just felt like it wasn't going to happen. So, I mean, for the longest time, I was thinking that Max Scherzer would have been an awesome pitcher for the Angels to acquire, but I just don't know if it was ever realistic. And I think this kind of gets into our next question from Waka Waka. Supposedly, we were the mystery team trying to get Max Scherzer. What odds do you give that we were ever seriously in the running to get him. So I believe it was J.P. Hornstra with the uh, Sports Valley, uh, the Daily News, uh, had a tweet that basically said that he talked to one of his sources and the idea that he got was the Angels' offer was not really 
all that competitive. And that's not surprising. I mean, you look at the Angels situation and compare it to the other teams that were in the running. Dodgers, Giants, Padres. Those are three teams, three of the absolute best teams in baseball, all trying to take first place in the NL West. You can't say the same thing about the Angels. There was a sense of urgency with other teams that the Angels maybe just didn't have. I mean, I think the Angels, and to be totally honest with you, I think the Angels should be making some more win-now type of moves just given the fact that they have Shohei Otani and Mike frickin' Trout on their roster. But based on where the Angels are at right now with the injuries, I don't know if you are going to see that kind of move to go get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Yes, Trey Turner makes a lot of sense, especially given that he's under control through next year. But with Max Scherzer being a free agent after the end of this season, it just made it feel more like a short-term move for a team that probably was not going to make the playoffs this year anyways. But, you know, it would have been nice to have seen the Angels at least maybe put out a competitive offer. And to be honest with you, I don't know what the offer might have looked like for those two, but I have to imagine that it was probably not in the same ballpark as some of these other teams. We're going to take our first break of this episode. When we get back, we're going to answer the rest of your questions. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has many delicious flavors, that there's something out there for everyone? Whether you prefer a fruity flavor like raspberry, a more chocolatey, chocolatey flavor like double chocolate, or something a little bit different like salted caramel, Built Bar has you covered. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also the healthiest. Most bars are high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, and low in net carbs. And if you go to Built.com and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. So let's get back into these questions. Our next one is from Ryan asking, do you think the Angels will trade one of the rotation arms to call up Reed Detmers? So luckily for the Angels, I mean, maybe not, luckily is probably not the best way to describe this, but the Angels have some openings for a starter to fit in. Yes, it's been nice over the past month to see the performances of Shohei Otani and Alex Cobb and Patrick Sandoval, even Jose Suarez has looked pretty good this season. If Detmers is ready, the Angels are going to call him up. So I do think we might see some of these guys get moved anyways before the deadline on Friday. But honestly, even if they aren't moved, I think once Detmers has kind of hit that point where the Angels feel like he's ready, he's going to be up. And I have seen some fans saying, well, why do you want to call him up this year? You're going to start a service time. Uh, the Angels might be out of it anyways. Why not wait until next year? One, I don't really care about the service time because if Detmers is ready to go, you should be more worried about the short term rather than that extra year of control down the road because quite frankly, it doesn't really matter that much. And secondly, this is good development time for him. I think it's important to get these guys up into the majors this year. And if they perform really well, you can head into next season and say, you know what? We feel really good about Reed Detmers being in our rotation from day one rather 
than trying to wait until next year just to aim, to gain an extra year of club control. So, yeah, I, I think Detmers is going to be up in the second half, and I think that's regardless if the Angels end up moving some starters or not. Next question is from Bucky asking, do you think the Angels will make a splash for a shortstop this offseason, or is Otani's looming extension going to impact how much money they allocate to free agents? Should they pursue someone like Marcus Simeon or try to keep Jose Iglesias around? Really good question. Let me tackle that first part first. So I think we talked about the Otani contract extension. If it wasn't last week, it was the week before. And again, I have no idea what this kind of extension is going to look like. But yes, the Angels absolutely need to keep in mind that this generational talent that is in the midst of an MVP campaign is going to be a free agent two years after this year. So that absolutely has to be weighing on their mind. At the same time, the Angels have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani guaranteed for the next two years after this. So I would go out and get a shortstop. Absolutely. Irregardless of the fact that Otani is going to be a free agent. I think they can do both things. I don't think it has to be uh, a one one thing or the other. And in terms of who they should go get, you know, it's clear that Jose Iglesias is a clubhouse leader. We've seen him out there after every Shohei Otani home run. He's very clearly liked in the clubhouse. But if you're talking about bringing in a superior talent, I mean, yeah, I mean, Marcus Simeon has been a top five position player this year. Trevor Story, while he's having a down year, is another guy one of the top 15 or 20 players, position players in baseball. I mean, Carlos Correa, also going to be a free agent. Corey Seager, you can't pass up that kind of talent. And I know the Angels need pitching, but I think they can do both. I think it's very possible to just go crazy with the pitching and also sign one of those big free agent shortstops. They have the money. It is well, well within owner Artie Moreno's budget to to get both these guys, to get a big shortstop, to extend Shohei Otani to a big deal, to bring in some pitching. I mean, this is definitely something the Angels are capable of doing. I have no disrespect to Jose Iglesias, but they can definitely make this work. So we've got another ke- a question from Kendall. Uh, whatever happened to and who was the player to be named later in the Zach Cozart, Will Wilson trade to the Giants, and how is Will Wilson doing? So the player to be named later was a guy named Garrett Williams, who is not in the Angels organization anymore. He is in AAA for the St. Louis Cardinals, averaging about a strikeout per inning, ERAs in the mid fives. But yeah, I mean, I don't think the Angels really uh, did much there. In terms of Will Wilson, he's a borderline top 100 prospect for the Giants system. So that is definitely a trade the Angels probably would like to have back, especially considering that was a straight salary dump, trading Zach Kozad away along with a prospect to kind of get that contract off the books. So yeah, not one of the better Angels trades of the past half decade or so. And our last question is from Matthew. Are there any starting pitching prospects besides Detmers who you realistically think could make an impact in the rotation for the last two months of the season. 
So the only other obvious guy is Chris Rodriguez, and we've already seen him. We've seen him in the major leagues, obviously out of the bullpen, but he's been in the rotation ever since he was sent down. So if you're looking for a couple of guys to come up, I mean, I you're going to see Reed Detmers and Chris Rodriguez starting games for the Angels this year. I would be shocked if we don't see that at some point. If there is another guy to look out for, Packy Naughton might be able to sneak a couple starts late on this season. He was the guy the Angels got from the Brian Goodwin trade. The stuff and overall profile is not as sexy as the other two guys we just mentioned, but there's a possibility that he could stick in a rotation as a back-end type of starter. So we could see him make his way up at some point. But beyond those three, I don't really think we're going to see anybody else. We're going to take our final break of this episode. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs. So make sure to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So let's wrap up today's episode. Uh, things could change quite drastically by the time you're hearing this podcast if it's first thing in the morning. Very unlikely that the Angels are going to be making some big trade first thing in the morning, but it's possible. The deadline is approaching, and we'll see what happens. The Angels have not made any kind of move so far. That's definitely surprising for basically all of the reasons that you already know and we've talked about on this podcast, so we'll see what happens. Uh, By the time we're talking again on Monday, this could be a very different looking team. We could have a very different idea of where the team is going to go for the final two months. And at the very least, at least there's going to be some closure with that. At least we can kind of understand where the Angels might be going. So we'll see what happens. The Angels are in even 500 right now. If they can come back in this series and if they can take two of three the rest of the way, if they can go take three games in a row against the Oakland A's, it could really change the season around. But if it goes in the opposite direction, it's going to be that much harder for this team to make a comeback. So I guess we'll see what happens over the weekend, but that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, thank you for joining. Stay safe out there. Have a great weekend. We will talk some Angels baseball on Monday. The MLB trade deadline is approaching and the Locked On MLB YouTube channel will be streaming the hot stove live. Two hours of MLB trade analysis from our Locked On lineup of local experts. So make sure to subscribe to Locked On MLB on YouTube and tune in on July 30th beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern Time.